Think about this. Our brains change. Memory is an amazing. What you think is in our there brains is aren't really finished. They're not fully cooked yet. You go with your heart. You, you don't have any idea why yeah, we're, we're doing so smart. most of the things that we're doing. But here's the deal. Another issue that's really important in negotiation is power. I'm Bob Duke. I'm Art Markman. I'm Rebecca McEnroy, and this is Two Guys on Your Head. Today, power, negotiation, and ourselves. So there are times where people negotiate as equals. That is, and, and, and so just, just to take a step back, psychologically, what does power mean? Power, generally speaking, means control over some set of resources that are relevant to the negotiation. So it might be money or, or, or some, a resource like a job, or it might be physical strength or military might. There are lots of things, but, but at base, they all revert to control. They yeah. all revert to the ability to control outcomes in some way. When, there's a, when you have people, each of whom brings something to the table that the other needs, so each of them has control over something crucial for the long-term outcome, then there's power on both sides. But there are certainly plenty of situations in which one side has the bulk of the power and the other one does not. These are some of the hardest situations to negotiate in because you, you don't have anything to threaten uh, when, when the negotiation isn't yeah. going well. And so one of the reasons why I like to place the, the, the joint problem-solving frame around negotiations and to encourage people to think about ways of creating negotiations that have that, uh, that, that, that view is that without that frame, it's you you're reduced to trying to find sources of power and threatening and you know and, and things you can threaten whereas when it's a joint problem solving exercise even the the person with some degree of power can look to see under you know how can i actually create some sort of positive outcome here yeah. and and so it by shifting people's mentality from a uh, you know a competitive one to a cooperative one, you change the nature of what power is supposed to do. Because when I'm competing, then the more powerful I am, the more likely I'm going to win. And woohoo, I win. But, but if I am responsible for using my power to create a joint solution to a problem, then I haven't necessarily succeeded if the, my solution to the problem is I get everything I want and you get nothing of what yeah. you want. And, and of course, this gets back to what we were saying a few minutes ago about what gets defined as a, as a, as a successful outcome. With the salary example we we're using, if the only outcome is how much money is being paid in salary, and that's the only thing both those parties are thinking about, that's going to lead to a certain kind of outcome and a certain kind of negotiation. But if, if the strategy is I want happy employees who feel good about being here, and even though I have the power because I know they need the job and I could get somebody else if they don't take it, well, then maybe my power would allow me to make a decision that would win on the dollar amount, but I might not win in the long term on what culture I create in my mm -hmm. company. Making that a broader definition of what success is changes the way people think about what they're really talking about when they enter into some negotiation. Most of the time, when we think about conflicts of interest, we think about those conflicts of interest between people. But actually, there are times where that conflict of interest happens within a person. Right. Right. And so there are negotiations we make with ourselves all the time. Right. So uh, that piece of cake versus 
uh, beach bod by summer, right? That's a negotiation, you know. So, so, so I think that that one of the things we often have to do is to is to reconcile these kinds of conflicts of interest inside of ourselves, where we're not sitting down at the table with ourselves, but but many of the same principles that go into negotiation apply. Yeah. Right. So I can treat my internal negotiation as fundamentally competitive. Is my uh, beach bod self going to win, or is my cake eating self going to win? But I could also treat it as a problem-solving process of what am I? What do I really want? I mean, do I? Is it, is it that I really want that piece of cake, or that there's an enjoyable culinary experience I'd like to have that this piece of cake would satisfy? But there might be other ways to do that, and I could eat something else that is quite delicious, but would have less of a long-term impact on the beach. On the beach, on the beach So one of the things I may try to do is is to resolve this conflict. Not, you know, not not by uh, choosing one or the other, but by saying, well, maybe there's an alternative that is that would that would allow me to have this lovely culinary experience, eat delicious food, but food that would actually preserve the beach bod. So the interesting thing is a lot of people don't actually explicitly do that. That is, there are these conflicts and and they choose one or the other for some period of time without ever being very explicit about, well, how do I manage these these multiple goals. And this can be really problematic because this is, for example, the source of the midlife crisis. Where does that come from? It comes from somebody resolving a particular trade-off, you know, in in favor of, say, being responsible from an early age, taking on a set of responsibilities. And then, and then, and when, when in fact there was something else they wanted to do, right? And, and then, um, and then recognizing that time isn't infinite or is not as infinite as it seemed when you were 24. And now you think, wait a second, did I, did I blow it? Did I not sufficiently consider the trade-off between these goals? And then because they never thought of it as a joint problem solving exercise now say, well, I, I spent enough time doing that responsibility thing. Now I'm going to do the irresponsibility thing because that's the other option. So the alternative is early on to say, okay, look, I have these competing desires, right? I, I, I both would like to do, you know, start a career and, 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 and have a family and things that require a certain degree of responsibility. But I would also, there, there are, there are other things that feel less responsible. So maybe I can't, you know, go on the road with the Grateful Dead, but, you know, but maybe, but, but maybe I could, you know, play in a band, right. And, and engage pieces of your life that, that draw from the various goals that you have, as opposed to saying it's all or none, baby. Right. Next week, we'll explore online privacy with Dr. Art Markman and Dr. Bob Duke. David Alvarez is our engineer and I'm Rebecca McEnroy. I produce Two Guys on Your Head at KUT Radio in Austin, Texas.